0: Madhava, Madhava, Jaya Kunja, Bihari. i has a giant Gopi Janavala Bajaya Giri Badadhari Jaya Giri gobir janab allah bhare Gopi jana pala tha jaya kiri vada tha jaya kiri Yes, <laughs> darajana jay braj janana Yashoda Nandana Jaya Braja बन चारी जाए Yamuna tiravana chari jay kanja vihare chari Radha Madhava, Jayakumja Jaya Radha I'm
1: Paramahamsa Parirajakacharya Shota Shota Shishimad His Divine Grace Srila Esi Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jaya Vishnapada Paramahamsa Parirajakacharya Shota Shota Shishimad His Divine Grace Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Sri Chetanya Charitamrita Go, All glorious to the assembled devotees. All glorious to the assembled devotees. All glorious to the assembled devotees. All glorious to Shishiguru and Guranga. All glorious to Shila Prabhupada. Jaya 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 Nityananda Jaya Jaya Shishetanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya
0: Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gaura Bhakta Vinla Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gaura
1: Bhakta Vinla So reading from the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, Madhya Leela, chapter 22, the process of devotional service, text, beginning with text 71. Translation a devotee is considered superlative or superior according to his attachment and love. In the eleventh canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, the following symptoms have been given. Purport. Srila Bhakti Thakur has stated that if one has developed faith in Krishna consciousness, he is to be considered an eligible candidate for further advancement in krishna consciousness those who have faith are divided into three categories uttama Madhyama, and kanishta first class second class and neophyte a first class devotee has firm conviction in the revealed scriptures and is expert in arguing according to the shastras He is firmly convinced of the the science of Krishna consciousness. The Madhyama Adhikari, or the second class devotee, has firm conviction in Krishna consciousness, but cannot support his conviction by citing Sastric references. The neophyte devotee does not have yet firm faith. In this way, the devotees are typed. The standard of devotion is also categorized in the same way. A Neophyte devotee believes that only love of Krishna, our Krishna consciousness, is very good. But he not he may not know the basis of pure Krishna consciousness or how one can become a perfect devotee. Sometimes in the heart of a neophyte, there is attraction for karma jnana, or yoga. When he is free and transcendental to mixed devotional activity, he becomes a second-class devotee. When he becomes expert in logic and can refer to the sastras, he becomes a first-class devotee. The devotees are also described as positive, comparative, and superlative in terms of their loving love and attachment for Krishna. It should be understood that a Madhya Madhikari, a second class devotee, is fully convinced of Krishna consciousness, but cannot support his convictions with sastric reference. A neophyte may fall down by associating with non devotees because he is not firmly convinced and is not and is and not and strongly situated. The second-class devotee, even though he cannot support his position with sastric reference, can gradually become a first-class devotee by studying the, the sastra with a first-class devotee. However, if the second-class devotee does not advance himself by associating with the first-class devotee, he makes no progress. There is no possibility that a first-class devotee will fall down even though he may mix with non-devotees to preach. Conviction and faith gradually increase to make one an uttama adhikari, a first-class devotee. So the first verse here. So sometimes these terms, madhyama, uttama, and kanishta, sometimes they're used, they're described more liberally, sometimes they're described more can, uh, ref- confined or strict. So here it is said, a uh, first class devotee can support. He has you know fame and he has uh, he has shraddha. Shraddha means where you place your heart. He has faith in Krishna, and he can support uh, his faith with arguments with with sastra. Second class, it is described here. Uh, cannot support with such conclusions, and the and the uh, uh, Kanishta or neophyte has very little faith. So that seems quite, you know. So the uttama means, you know, like all the sannyasis who are, can can uh, speak about Krishna consciousness very nicely, or senior devotees. But sometimes it is used in a very more rest- restrict way. Sometimes it's used in a very liberal way. So like in the nectar of instruction it is said that the first class devotee is someone who is free from the propensity to criticize others. The second class devotee is someone who is initiated and is in worship and who is fully engaged in service and is serving the deity. And the, uh, the neophyte is someone who chants the holy name. So this isnetiyasa girita manasrieta dikshasti chetpanitibish prajatam isham shushu sha shayo bhajana ananyanya nidhati shonit ipsitalla santalabdha. Uh, so dikshashti, those who uh Krishneti Yasya Girita Manasajrieta. So we we give mental respect. To those who chant, maybe means that we actually keep some distance if they're if they're ill behaved. We keep some distance, but we honor them that this is a devotee, and therefore we don't um, meditate on those faults and become you know absorbed in them. Keep some distance and disrespect. Okay, he's a devotee. Maybe he is also a uh, mafia, <laughs> but he worships Krishna, so keep a little distance. And then we uh, we serve with those who are practicing uh dikshaspanitibish. And then shushushaya, the those who are uh nindati, they're free from the propensity of criticizing others, those people we try to take their shelter and and, and uh take all instruction from them. So it's a little bit more strict understanding of the uttama, madhyama, and and Prabhupada here gives a more liberal uh, rendition of it. But the idea is that wherever we're at, we have to find someone. It says in Krishna consciousness, we have our peers, but we shouldn't just stay with our peers. We should also get higher association. Those who can kind of push us up, otherwise we'll... uh, we call that Anarta support. We find people who have the same Anartas as us, and we all cheer e- cheer each other on. Yes. <laughs> Anarta support group. We have our group that supports our Anartas, and then we all, yeah, it's all good. We just stay here, uh, uh you know, in the swamp. So we continue on, text 72. Yes, you, here's a microphone here somewhere. On the chair. There we go. Is the light on? The green light? Maybe the maybe the sound system doesn't have doesn't have it turned up. You want to? I'll repeat your question. Preaching. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we'll see, the word Uttama, Madhyama, is not always used in the same way. So the question was, they said, Madhyama is not very um, expert in sastra. But, but we heard, we also heard that a Madhyama, uh, the Uttama, he doesn't preach because due to his elevation, he just sees everybody engaging in Krishna consciousness. And so he has to come to the Madhyama level where he can discriminate. So this is a, this is actually kind of a different category of Uttama, uh, Kaniśta and Madhyama, uh, Madhyama. Um, This is a more liberal version of it because it's not always referring to the same uh, thing. You know, it's not, a... yeah, yeah. So the madhyama, as she's mentioning, madhyama is someone who has this uh, four discriminations. He's, he he serves the supreme personality of Godhead. He associates with the devotees. He helps the innocent. And he avoids those who are envious of the Supreme Person. So he has that that, uh, that clarity. Whereas the uttama, he is so elevated that he doesn't see any type of uh, distinction. And he, he he may be preaching to the tree and he may be preaching to the, you know, talking to the atheist about how Krishna's earrings are very beautiful. He's... He, he, so he doesn't go out and preach unless he has, comes to that consciousness of being able to discriminate. So Prabhupada is understood; he is uttamadikari, but he yeah, he came to the practical level, so he could see where everyone's at, so we can so he can help us. Yes. So for Krishna, like for example, Srila Prabhupada, you have the examples. So the question is, how does the Uttamadhi go down to the Madhyamadhi level? So you have uh, the examples uh, in the nectar devotion. The devotees would uh, become disturbed by their devotional ecstasy if it interfered with their service. So for example you have I think it is Daruka and he was fanning Krishna and these tears started gushing from his eyes and he was started like getting upset, cursing the tears. And you know, you're I'm trying to serve, I you know, I can't see. <laughs> My eyes are full of these tears. So in this way the odi will actually uh, like Srila Prabhupada he would he would Try to hold himself from entering into ecstasy. Sometimes, when he was seen, when he was singing, Jai Madhava, tears would start to flow, and he would. But he did not want to disturb his service. Maybe, maybe his disciples would become imitators and stuff. But he was deeply immersed in Krishna consciousness. But his object is to fulfill the mission of Lord Caitanya. So he's kind of So the question is what happens if a neophyte preaches? Yeah. of Yeah. So, so if you, if a neophyte preaches, then he gets the benefit of following Lord Chaitanya's order and Guru's order. Yeah, Krishna says, uh, yeah, he says, whoever you are, find someone, speak to them about Krishna. He says, uh, and in this way, he will support you, he will help you. So, uh, so Srila Prabhupada gave the example, it's very easy, to, all you do is just simply repeat. And even if you can't speak, then you hand them the book. Or if you can not speak, you can even just read them from the book. Or, yeah, you know. and then it's also like when you have an army who who is everybody have the sword somebody has a cooking spoon somebody has the map planning out the battle but the idea is everyone is thinking that I want to support this fight this victory fight For example, we have devotees that serve the deities. Shishirada Kalachanji. So if there is this mission mood that let me serve the deities in such a way that those who go out and preach will be inspired. Or those who come to the temple will be inspired. The brand new people will appreciate Krishna's beauty. So that is a mission mentality that it's part it's cannot it is not just Radha and Krishna it is connected to Lord Chaitanya so somehow whoever you are uh, try to preach and try to support the preaching because there is a mission and when you contact that mission then you contact Lord Chaitanya's mercy because how can you get you cannot get Radha and Krishna? The service of Radha and Krishna without Lord Chaitanya's mercy. I uh, said, you cannot get. How do you get Krishna's mercy from Radharani? How do you get Radharani's mercy from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? How do you get Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy from Nityananda Prabhu? How do you get Nityananda Prabhu's mercy from Jagai and Madai? So we have to have that uh, somehow tap into that mission, and then becomes open up. We're going to continue reading. Sarva ya pasyed bhagavad bhava atmana bhutane bhagavati atmane isha bhagavato tamaha A person advanced in devotional service sees within everything the soul of souls, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. Consequently, he always sees the form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead as the cause of all causes and understands that all things are situated within him. So this is a quotation from Srimad Bhagavatam 11, 245. This is a, the uttama Adikai. Ishvara tadadineshu baluseshu dvishachchucha prema maitri ki popeksha yaka roti samadhyamaha. An intermediate or second class devotee shows prema, love for the Supreme Personality of Godhead, maitri, friendliness to all the devotees, and kripa. He shares mercy to the neophytes and upeksha. He ignores he his, uh, those who are, what do you call, is dvishatu, envious of Krishna. He neglects them. Purport. This is a quotation from Srimad Bhagavatam. The next verse, 11 to 46. This statement was made by this great sage Narada while he was speaking to Vasudev about devotional service. This subject was originally discussed between Nimi, the king of Videha, and the nine Yogendras. Acharyam eva haraye shradayehate natad bhakti shuchanyeshu sabhakta prakati a prakrita or a materialistic devotee, does not purposely study the sastra and try to understand pure devotional service. So I read that again. A prakrita bhakta or a materialistic devotee, does not purposely study the sastra and try to understand the actual standard of of devotional service. Consequently, he does not show proper respect to advanced devotees. He may, however, follow the regulative principles learned from his spiritual master or from his family who worships the deity. He is to be considered on the materialistic platform, although he is trying to advance in devotional service. Such a person is a bhakti prai, a neophyte devotee, a bas because he's a little enlightened by Vaishnava philosophy. Purport. This verse is also from Srimad Bhagavatam, 11, 247. Srila Bhakti says that one who is full of love of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and who maintains good friendships with the Lord's devotees is always callous to those who, are envy, who envy Krishna and Krishna's devotees. Such a person is to be considered an intermediate devotee. He becomes a first-class devotee when, in the course of advancing a devotional service, he feels an intimate relationship with all living entities, seeing them part and parcel of the Supreme Person. Sarva Mahaguna Gana Vaishna Shirari Krishna Bhakta Krishna Guna Salik Sanchari. A Vaishnava is one who has developed all good qualities. All good, the good qualities of Krishna gradually develop in Krishna's devotee. Yasya yes, bhakti, Bhagavati Yakin Sama sati suraha, hara mahat guna, one who has unflinching devotional faith in Krishna, in one who has unflinching devotional faith in Krishna, all the good qualities of Krishna and the demigods, are consistently manifest. However, he who has no devotion in the Supreme Personality of Godhead has no good qualifications because he is engaged by mental concoction in the material existence, which is the external feature of the Lord. This is a verse spoken by Prahlad Maharaj and his followers who were offering prayers to Ursingadev. This is from Bhagavatam 10, 5, 18, 12 So this verse is saying, devotees good, non-devotees bad. So what does that mean? Someone will say, well, oh, I know many devotees, they don't seem to behave good. I know many non-devotees, oh, they, some of them look so, like they behave so nicely. But why does a person behave in a certain way? We, we all behave, uh, to please ourself. We are pleasure seeking, Ananda. We are seeking pleasure. But someone who is situated in the consciousness that by serving Krishna, that's, that is, that is my pleasure. Krishna's service. So their object of pleasure is different from, you know, just my, my personal self. Actually, I'm just, comes to the platform of just uh, originally, it's, I just, I serve Krishna because it relieves my distress. It is, my, it is the, the source of success and happiness in life. And I become uh, happy situated in this life, the next life. But by the process of serving Krishna, one becomes more and more purified where they serve Krishna for his sake. That is the Advanced stage, but either if, even if he's trying to please himself or he's trying to please Krishna directly, the 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 activities are motivated by that purpose. One who is not serving Krishna, they're the only one, person that they can be interested in serving is themselves. Even if it's the pleasure of being the supplier of comfort to others the pleasure of being the the savior of others it's still a personal satisfaction so as in the in the Srimad, uh, bhagavad gita chapter 14 you have the description of the three modes of material nature so it says the three modes of material nature are always competing against each other so find a uh, verse so 14 let's see satvam bhavati bharata. tamascheva Tamasattvam rajastata. Sometimes the mode of goodness becomes prominent, defeating the modes of passion and ignorance. Sometimes the mode of passion defeats goodness and ignorance. And other times ignorance defeats goodness and passion. In this way, there's always competition for supremacy. So living entity is motivated by his own self-satisfaction. So sometimes being in the mode of goodness is perceived to be a way to bring self-satisfaction. But if situations change and the opportunity to practice living in the mode of ignorance or practicing in the mode of passion seems to be a better option to be happy, the living entity is going to take that option if he is not situated in Krishna consciousness because his object is to please himself. He is on the manorathena as it's stated in this verse the chariot of the mind. So there's no steadiness in the mode of goodness, passion or ignorance. They're always competing. So a person can be very clean and brahminical, well behaved. But you know, if nobody's looking and there's an opportunity, maybe he can steal from somebody, he can do something to benefit his his own situation. He, he any chance he can take that. There's no there's no fixed uh position of that mentality. So that's the answer to that question. How can a how can we say devotee good, non devotee bad? Devotee may uh, not be very fixed in uh, goodness or even in passion. He may be very much in the mode of ignorance. But he is actually doing the thing that that transforms the consciousness. That was the whole point of the story of Ajamil, Is that even though he was so uh, situated on a dark level, his chanting changed his consciousness. And so... Even the mode of goodness is not changing the consciousness. It's the pure platform of bhakti that actually eradicates those weeds and pulls out those anartas. So devotee may be very badly behaved but if he is in the process of bhakti we understand that there is some purification. There is plenty of purification. (inaudible) name So our Krishna tells our, uh, Arjuna that my devotee, he is a sadhu. He, if even if he is badly behaved, and Arjuna is saying like, well, what if he is horribly behaved all the way to the end of his life? Should we consider him a sadhu? Uh, maybe only for the the time he's practicing bhakti. And Krishna says. Uh, Completely, he is a sadhu. He is like a snake. It are not. He is not like a snake, but his anartas are like a snake, which its fangs are broken. That he has entered the realm of purification. He is uh, he is uh, covered in dirt, but he is taking a shower. So a person, you know, if you go to India, you'll see somebody taking a shower outside. He could be a construction worker, covered. He has some cement on his body. He has some some uh, brick dust all over his body. But he is more clean than the brahmana that is walking down the street because eventually he's going to be more clean. He's in the shower. He's scrubbing away. Uh, he is in the process of becoming clean. So Krishna says, Shiva very quickly. Here I'll read the uh, by statement by uh, Vishnath Chakrabhati Thakur. This is a very and this is a very liberal statement. Uh, Understanding of the verse. Some are more. It's the last part of ninth chapter. So, there is what is called purva paksha. means like a, an argument and a refi- and a response. There's some argument. So, Vishnachakavati Thakur shows how Krishna is responding to unspoken dialogues from Arjuna. Just like if you know somebody well, you may anticipate their apprehensions, and you may say something specifically that addresses it. You get it? Like your brother knows you, he knows what you're going to, he knows what's going on in your mind, he may say something. So it's unspoken. Your Doubt is unspoken. But because the person knows the other one well, he says something that answers that doubt without you even saying it. So, Vishnu Thakur, he Thakur, his purports, at least in this section, are like that where he is bringing up doubts of Arjuna and he is giving Krishna's response. And there is the, the 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 condensed version is the verse itself is response to unspoken doubts of Arjuna. So Krishna, he says in chapter nine, text twenty nine. First, he says, "I'm equal to everyone. No one is my enemy. No one is my friend. I just but a person who is a servant of a lover of me. I'm a lover of them. As as much as they're attached to me, I'm attached to them." So in, in Sanskrit, usually something that is known is stated first, general knowledge, and then more guyam or more secret knowledge is revealed in the second part. So, I am equal to all living entities. I do not hate anyone, nor do I favor anyone. To whatever extent a person worships me with devotion, I am attached to them in a similar way. So here it says, quote, You liberate and give yourself to your devotees, but not to the non-devotees. But then, do you not show prejudice arising from attraction and repulsion? So Krishna refuting this idea that he's prejudice. The devotees exist in me, and I also exist in them. So he said, there's nothing special uh, in this statement since the whole universe exists within the Lord and the Lord exists everywhere in the universe. Thus, the statement should actually mean, as the devotees are attached to me, so I'm attached to them. This takes the consideration of the statement, as they surrender unto me, I respond to them. So you know what a kalpa riksha is? Kalpaviksha, desire tree. So, so compare the Lord to a desire tree, a Kalpaviksha, which gives to all without consideration, is only partially correct. Those who take shelter of that tree do not become attached with it to it without desire of the fruit. So nobody loves the tree without, you know, they want the fruit. Whatever the fruit's going to give, they don't just say, oh, "I love you, Karpavixar tree." They're really interested in what the tree is providing. So devotees are not attached to Krishna, the pure devotees, just because they're going to get something from him. Nor is the tree attached to those who get, take shelter of it. So somebody goes to the tree and say, "Gives me a mango." The tree doesn't have any special attachment. But the Lord kills with his own hands the enemies of his devotees. The Lord says to Prahlad, I shall kill her immediately, despite the benedictions of Rama." So look, he's not even showing great attachment, he's showing great anger. Some persons explain that the word to indicate a different intention. I'm equal to all, but I still favor my devotee. Thus the mean the Lord has some prejudice classed as affection for his devotee. But they explain in the Lord, this is an ornament. It's not a fault. This is an ornament. It's an enhancement, not a fault. The affection of the Lord for his devotee is an accomplished fact. He does not have affection for the jnani or the yogi, only the bhakta. Just as other persons have affection for their own servants, not the servants of, the, of others, the Lord has has affection for his devotees, but not for the devotees of Shiva or Durga the next verse, Even if the most sinful person worships me with no other desire to please me, I consider that person to be my devotee, a sadhu, a saint, as he has fixed himself completely in me. So what does it say? If he is very sinful, but he is fixed in me, he is a devotee, he is a sadhu. So Krishna states, my attachment to my devotee is my very nature. That attachment does not decrease even if my devotee commits wrong. For I make him come to the highest standard. If someone with bad conduct, addicted to violence, thievery, or adultery, Sudirachar, worships me and worships no one except me. So he a, he's a devotee. He doesn't have like, I worship Shiva and Krishna. He's a devotee. It does not follow any other processes like karma or jnana, and has no other desire than my desire, Ananya bhakt, He is my devo- devotee, sadhu. For example, in Prabhupada's books, he uses the term pure devotee, not always in the same way. Sometimes the Prabhupada uses the word pure devotee as someone who has... Faith in bhakti and does not have faith in other things. They're not, you know, saying, "Oh, let me worship Durga, let me worship uh, Lakshmi." They're just devotees, regardless of their level of faith, of a uh, level of devotion. But their faith is only in the practice of s- approaching the Lord through bhakti. Sometimes, Prabhupada uses the term. Pure devotee. He is not mixed with uh, karma, jnana, different things. He is a pure devotee because he is only in the system of bhakti. Sometimes pure devotee refers to the Uttamadikari who has great sastric knowledge. Or sometimes pure devotee is referring to the Uttamadikari who is so elevated in Krishna consciousness that he sees no uh, distinction between any type of living entity. So the term is not always used, just like the term Uttamadikari is not used, the word pure devotee devotee is not always used in the same way. So here is Arjuna's Purva-paksha. He says, Arjuna is like, but considering his bad conduct, how is he a devotee? And Krishna says he is to be respected, mantavya, as a devotee because of his devotee qualities. It is my com- it is a command, and not doing so is an offense. My order is the authority. So Arjuna is like, wait a minute, should he be considered a devotee in the portion that he worships you, and a non devotee in the portion where he commits adultery? Krishna says no, he is to be considered devotee, eva, in all of his parts. You should not see his bad qualities at all. He is, he is completely convinced. Samyak vivyasitaha. He makes a splendid resolution. I will go to hell for my sinful actions, which are hard to give up. But I will not give up dedicated worship of Krishna. So this is who Krishna is speaking about because of the person's previous samskaras, they behave badly, but they will not give up serving Krishna so Krishna uh, this next verse, Krishna says very very quickly, he becomes a righteous person a dharma atma and becomes completely devoid of contamination. O oh, son of Kunti, you declare this, my devotee never perishes. Like Actually Thakur says that Krishna raises his voice. So here is again Purva Paksha, Arjuna's doubt. How can you accept the worship of such a sinful person? How can you eat the food and drink offered by a heart contaminated by lust and anger? Very quickly he becomes righteous. The present is used, not the future, to express the fact that having committed sin, by remembering me he becomes repentant. And very quickly becomes righteous. Oh, how unfortunate I am I. There is no one low as I, bringing bad name to the devotees. Repeatedly, swa shut, he feels complete disgust. Or the present tense can indicate that in the future he'll develop righteously fully, even though right now it exists in a subtle form after taking medicine though the destructive fever effects of fever or poison remains for some time it is not considered seriously so say you have t- there is a poison and you are being affected by that poison but you take the antidote and this antidote is for sure to work although you still currently may have be experiencing the destructive effects of the poison over time the, those will disappear thus With the entrance of bhakti in his mind, the sinful actions are not taken seriously. All traces of sin, such as lust and anger, should be considered insignificant, like the biting of a toothless snake. Thus he attains nigachati, complete cessation of lust and anger, permanently. In nigacchiti, ni, sense for nitaram, completely. This means that even during the stage of having a tendency to commit sin, he has a pure heart. Again, Arjuna's doubt. If he eventually becomes righteous, there would be no argument. However, if a devotee is sinful right up to the point of his death, what is his position? The Lord, affectionate to his devotees, then speaks loudly with a little anger. O son of Kunti, my devotee is not destroyed. At the time of death, he does not fall. Again, Arjuna, but the hard, arguers of harsh tongues will not respect this. Krishna then encourages the worried and lamenting Arjuna. O Kuntia. Go to the squabbling assembly with a tumultuous sound of drums. Throw your hands in the air. You should fearlessly declare this. What? Declare that my devotee, the devotee of the Supreme Lord, though committing sin, does not perish, but rather reaches success. Arguments defeated, pride deflated. They should undoubtedly respect you as guru. This is Sridhar Swami's explanation. But why does so Krishna is telling Arjuna, you declare this. Why doesn't Krishna just say, I declare this. I declare my devotee never perishes. Why didn't he, why doesn't he say, why doesn't he even say that? He says, you declare this, Arjuna, that might he do not He doesn't say, because another part of the Gita, he says, I declare. Pratijane me, pratij- I promise, I declare. He says, no, you promise, you declare. So why does Arjuna do that? Why does he ask Arjuna? So, as he says, I declare to you that you will surely come to me. You are very dear to me. In the same way, why does he say, I declare, my devotee never perishes. This is explained here. The Lord is considered as follows. Being affectionate to my devotee, not tolerating even a slight degradation of my devotee, I will under all circumstances uphold the declaration made by my devotee where I can break my own promise and accept criticism myself. So Krishna said, I will not pick up a weapon during the war of the Mahabharata. But then he picked up the chariot wheel. Arjuna was holding his legs trying to stop Krishna from breaking his promise. Krishna was uh satisfied. He, he was He says, just as breaking my own promise and fighting with Bhishma, I fulfilled Bhishma's promise. Krishna broke his promise. In some ways, technically, he didn't. But he did. He picked up the chariot wheel as a weapon. But why did he do that? To fulfill Bhishma's promise. Bhishma's promise is, I will make Krishna pick up a weapon. He was just shooting arrows into Arjuna like anything to the point that Krishna was becoming furious. So I will make Krishna break his promise. So Krishna was like, Bhishma's promise is more important than my promise. My devotee's promise is more important than my promise." Thus, hearing a declaration from my mouth, some materialistic, materialistic disputers will laugh. They will accept Arjuna's, dec- but they will accept Arjuna's declaration as written on stone. Therefore, I will make Arjuna make the declaration. And this is the final part here of this purport. Thus, after hearing the about Ananya Bhakti, pure Bhakti, and the descriptions of Ananya Bhakti, one should not accept the statements of the learned, unlearned, who think that this declaration does not apply in cases where attachment to others' wives and children, sinful activities, lamentation, illusion, lust, anger, and other despicable qualities manifest. Okay, and then Srila Prabhupada, on that same purport, so we hear the kind of very liberal version, Srila Prabhupada gives a more, uh, he also mentions that if a person, On the other hand, one should not misunderstand that a devotee in a trans devotional service can act in all kinds of abominable ways. This verse refers to an accident due to the strong power of materialistic connections. Devotional service is more or less a declaration of war against illusionary energy. As long as one is not strong, uh, strong enough to fight the illusionary energy, there may be many accidental fall downs. But when one is strong enough, he is no longer subjected to such fall downs as previously explained. No one should take advantage of this verse and commit nonsense and think that he is still a devotee. If one does not prove his character by devotional service, that is understood that he is not a high devotee. So Prabhupada is encouraging us not to abuse this information. Okay, so that was from Bhagavad Gita. Should we finish the last page here? Chaitanya Charitamita? Have for it. hoy, sab all these transcendental qualities and are the characteristics of pure Vaishnavas. They cannot be fully explained. But I shall try to point out some of the important qualities. Kripaluva-kritta-joha-satyasarasam <speaking> Nido-sava-dhanyamurdu-suchi-akynchan Saruparaka-shanta-krishnaika-sharan <Hebrew> Akhamaniya-sthira-virajita-tadgunan apramat malala anandi Amani, Gambira, Kurna, Maitakava, Dhakamuni. Devotees are always merciful, humble, truthful, equal to all, faultless, magnanimous, mild, and clean. They are without material possessions, and they perform welfare work for everyone. They are peaceful, surrendered to Krishna, and desireless. They're indifferent to material acquisitions and are fixed in devotional service. They completely control the six bad qualities, lust, anger, and greed, and so forth. They only eat as much as required, and they're not inebriated. They're respectful, grateful, compassionate, and without false prestige. They're friendly, poetic, expert, and silent. The devotees are always tolerant, forbearing, and very merciful. They're well-wishers of every living entity. They follow the scriptural injunctions. And because they have no enemies, they're very peaceful. These are the decoration of the devotees. This is a quotation from Srimad Bhagavatam 3.25.21. When the sages headed by Shonaka inquired from Kapila Dev, the incarnation of Godhead, Shuta Goswami, who is the topmost devotee of the Lord, quoted talks about self realization between Vidura and Maitreya, a friend of Vyasa Dev's. During these talks the topics of Kapila had come up, and at that time Maitreya had repeated Kapila discussions with his mother, wherein the Lord states that attachment to material things is the cause of conditioned life. When a person becomes attached to transcendental things, he's in the path of liberation. But so, by attachment, we are destroyed, and by attachment, we are saved. So, it's not by detachment, but detachment comes from attachment to Krishna. Mahatsevam dwaram ahurmu huktes yoshitam Mahatmanaste samachitta prashanta sudri It is a verdict of all sastras that, and great personalities that service to the pure devotees is the path of liberation. By contrast, association with materialistic people who are attached to material enjoyment in women is the path of darkness. Those who are actually devotees are broad-minded, equal to everyone, and very peaceful. They never become angry, and they're friendly to all living entities. This is a verse from Shrimad Bhagavatam, 552. Krishna Bhakti Mula hoy Sadu Krishna Janateno Punya Mukang. The root cause of devotional service is Lord Krishna's association with advanced devotees. When one's dormant love for Krishna awakens, the association with devotees is still most essential. So even if you are advanced in Krishna consciousness, what is it saying? Still, the association is most essential. And the last verse here. (laughs) Bhava parvago brahmato yadabhavesh Janasyatara chuttatam Satsamas Gamaha gamah, sat sangamoyahitavdaiva sat gathau, reshe thvai jayate Ratihi. O oh my Lord, infallible Supreme Personality of Godhead, when a person wandering throughout the universe has become eligible for liberation from material existence, he gets an opportunity to associate with the devotees. When he associates with devotees, his attraction for you is awakened. You are the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but the highest goal of the topmost devotees and the Lord of the universe. This is a quotation from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 1051 53. So this word, this word uh, Pavharga, Pa so, uh, Ma. Uh, bha. these are different roots the pavarga the, 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 it's indicating different roots so that in the material world you have to work so hard that you foam at the mouth and there's bha there's fear there's uh, God means like a, uh, you can lose everything and ma finally means death. At the end you die. So liberation, the word for liberation is when you put an A in front of that, apavarga. It's free from all those qualities. Alright, so we'll stop here, and see if there are any last reflections or comments. Alright, shri Chaitanya Charitamrita ki, prabhupada ki, gauravraimanande.